Tonight, in our New Year's episode, we do a countdown of the top fake news stories about the war on women in 2018. I'm Roaming Millennial, and you're watching Uncensored. Welcome back to the show. This is our first episode since Christmas, so if you celebrate it, we hope you had a good one. Hope you got to spend some time with your family and friends. And uh, this episode is going to be a special one because we're obviously gearing up for New Year's. Isn't that right, Liam? Yes, as you can see. We both look amazing. So festive. Yeah, fedoras are really in. Yeah, not in the atheist tipping way, but in the festive New Year's way. And in celebration of New Year's, we're going to be doing a countdown. Not a countdown of seconds, but a countdown of the top fake news stories about the war on women that happened in 2018. As a woman, obviously I care about things like equal rights, equal access to different opportunities, but I feel like this year especially is one where these feminist activists really, really got up in arms about orange men specifically and his badness trying to take their rights. Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely this kind of narrative that there is a, a war on women and uh, that us men are coming to reclaim our sovereignty of you. We're going to start this countdown. Number four of the most ridiculous things I've heard, and this is actually something that I saw on Twitter that kind of inspired this video. It's about something called the Violence Against Women Act, which is something that's actually been around since 1994, so a while now, and it's one of those things that I think it expires every five years and then it needs to be renewed, and it's been no problem, right? It's a bipartisan thing. There are a lot of good measures in it. Um, but recently it's actually come up for renewal and it's looking like it might not pass, especially with the whole government shutdown thing and Christmas coming up. Um, people like Alyssa Milano specifically, who is the one that I guess clued me into this whole situation, um, she's framing this very much as Republicans hate women. She's mm. tweeted out, just a reminder, not one Republican has signed on to the reauthorization of the Violence Against Women Act, not one. The Violence Against Women Act expires this week. The law funds programs designed to aid victims of intimate partner violence and sexual assault. And most recently, she asked what kind of country allows its Violence Against Women Act to expire. And then she included one of the president's most famous quotes, I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. Just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do anything. You, you guys know the rest. So a lot of people, activists, have equated this act expiring as meaning that violence against women in the U.S. is apparently okay. As it's like, open season now. It's open season now. Now that this act is gone, you can just, all the domestic abuse you wanted to do before, you can go, go for it now. All right, as you can see, the fedoras are now gone because yeah. some of us are just not whimsical, not in a celebratory spirit. I, listen, fedoras were a mistake. Like, like, not just us having them, but like as an invention as a whole. I'm sorry. We were talking about women and uh -huh. how we can now beat them. So, uh, because there's no more, there will be no violence on women act. So this is why I was able to get my way with taking off the fedoras. You know, I could use physical intimidation finally. Um, <laughs> right. To, the, to get the my only way. thing, Fi like finally. The only thing that was preventing people, men specifically, from just beating women was this specific act, which incidentally was only instituted in the '90s and actually uh, expires every uh, or is up for renewal every five years. Um, yeah. Okay, so the thing with this, we're going to get into the nitty-gritty for a little bit. This is one of those times where calling something like, oh, a Violence Against Women Act gives, I guess, its political proponents the ability to say, oh, what, you're against violence uh, <laughs> against women? It's like the Patriot Act. You can claim that anyone who opposes the Patriot Act just hates America. Obviously, yeah. there is more to this story. Okay, one of the things that this act actually does that was introduced this year where, where previous versions didn't have it is it extends tribal... I guess native court systems 
It extends their reach to include non-native people, which I'm not very familiar with the native court systems. I know that they have some sovereignty, but I can see why that might not be a good idea and it not be about just wanting to beat women or be violent against women. Is it even legal to make an American citizen subject to a non-US federal court within the comp? I don't, I don't even know how that would work. Um, but. Yeah. More specifically, one of the things that has come under the most fire with this new version of the Violence Against Women Act um, is that it expands the definition of domestic violence, what exactly it is. Okay, right now, uh, from U.S. Code 4213925, quote, the term domestic violence includes a felony or misdemeanor crime of violence committed by a current or former spouse or intimate partner of the victim. Right? That's pretty... Yep. Clear-cut, very, very objective, no room for misinterpretation or anything like that. But the revised definition is, quote, The term domestic violence means a pattern of behavior involving the use or attempted use of physical, sexual, verbal, emotional, economic, or technological abuse, or any other coercive behavior committed, enabled, or solicited to gain or maintain power and control over a victim. That's pretty broad. That's yeah. very That's broad. That's going to be a hard one to prove or not to prove, right? Right, like and it's like, especially that they, they include... What, economic abuse? I'm not saying it's right for a husband or boyfriend to try and use any economic power over their loved ones. That's not okay. But is saying, hey, I'm not going to pay for something. Is that mm -hmm. uh, abuse that should be prosecutable by law? That's like, that's, I don't know about Stuff. that. And it clearly seems to only go one way if the whole thing is a Violence Against Women Act. Right, very it's true. It definitely seems like, you know. Yeah, and we, and we know from stats that although women are the majority of domestic abuse survivors and victims, they're they're not the only ones. It's actually right. surprisingly Significant minority. Split. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just, you know, it talks about things like technological abuse. Is that like online bullying or harassment? Um, yeah, probably. I, I, I don't know. It just, I, I, I'm hesitant about this one. So overall, with this Violence Against Women Act revision, I'm okay if you support this, if you think this is something that should go through. I might disagree with you there. But calling it just violence against women now being okay because this act is gone, that I think you're, you're kind of being disingenuous there, and I feel like it's purposefully so. Otherwise, maybe you haven't read it, in which case I suggest you do, but not that clear-cut Republicans just want to beat women. No, that's fake news. And number three, we have the whole hashtag me Too movement, which I, th I think we're all pretty familiar with by now. We've spoken about it a lot on this show for mm -hmm. sure. And I was kind of hesitant to include this because on the one hand, and I've mentioned this many times, I do support people being able to come forward, obviously if they've been abused and be able to uh, address their their abuser. But, but on the other hand, we want to defend Bill Cosby. Right, that's, that's really what, Kevin Spacey as well, great yeah. guy. Don't take that out of context. But no, seriously. Um, yeah, there, I think there's obviously uh, been room for all of us to recognize the way that power and coercion still play a very big role, especially in certain industries, cough, cough, Hollywood, media, yeah. anything like anything where it's kind of like a monopoly where you have these few handful of people in power that can pretty much wreck your career in that industry. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's been great. There have been people like Harvey Weinstein or Weinstein, like Kevin Spacey, who Bill Cosby have definitely gotten their just desserts. But... Um, I think we saw with Kavanaugh, this whole thing has kind of been conflated with not just, hey, let's create an environment where people are able to um, bring forward any allegations. We look at evidence objectively and, and kind of make our decision based on that to an environment where it's just hashtag believe all women. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it went a long way from a due process 
Uh, and it was, in a sense, of course, uh, like good-hearted as a notion to right. support rape victims or people that say they are rape victims. But on the other hand, there was definitely some injustice towards uh, Justice Kavanaugh. Um, so. Right, and it's and it's it was frustrating because anyone who was even talking about, hey, let's just look at the evidence a little bit here. Which, by the way, in terms of evidence, there really was none. People exactly. People were, yeah. were talking about that on a certain side. Uh, you were called a rape apologist, yeah. right? You were accused of wanting to enable predators and things like that. And it's it's just, it's such a false dichotomy, right? Either yeah. you believe all women, everything anyone says, no matter about how, how flimsy the allegations are, no matter the lack of evidence, or you enable rape. Yeah. I mean, literally at one point you had people dressing up as handmaids from The Handmaid's Tale and equating it to that fictional novel. Right. I would, if anyone hasn't seen that series, first off, it's pretty good. I would recommend it, uh, politics aside. But also in that series, there is a, what, a theocracy where they yeah. forcibly capture women, rape them so they can like carry their children to term because most, most women are, are uh, barren. Mm-hmm. This is a little bit different than what's happening in the country right now and i just feel well, yeah, a little, a little bit. bit but there's room for argument that you know <laughs> and what's really frustrating about this i think is that it really cheapens people who have actually gone through the legal system and seen justice or fought for it um you know having to do things like present evidence having to do things like go through a trial because right now we have kind of mob justice mentality yeah. where you just tweet something out and then that person should be wrecked for the rest of their life that's not how the legal system is supposed to work. And for mm-hmm. the people who do take the time, go to the police, file a report, which is really if, if you've ever encountered anything like abuse, what you should is what you should do. Um, you know, this whole mentality just it really cheapens that process. And yeah, absolutely. It frankly it made me think a little bit about uh, the way that we do justice in Canada and the UK versus America, where in Canada you could have gag orders put on courts. Yeah. And it's it's like I understand while well, I don't know if I fully support it or not, but I understand now the 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 idea is to protect the person who's being persecuted uh from an unjust accusation or, or like just Right, that judged. way if if once you go through the whole legal process and you right. are found innocent, you don't have that stigma surrounding you your whole life because a lot of people mm regardless of what the the verdict says, right? I mean, with Kavanaugh, there was the FBI investigation, right? There was the Senate hearings. Nothing came out. Right. Um, but he still, he still got that painted on him. And people were saying, oh, just do the FBI investigation so we can be sure. Guess what? They still found nothing. But he's still going to go down as, like, this horrible person, um, which I think is, is really not fair. And it's unfair to paint the U.S. as this country where rape, rape is rampant. I'm not saying it's perfect, but uh, I think people are definitely overhyping the problem. Okay, so now number two, uh, the war on women's rights or the war on women's health care. This was one that, again, like this, this, a lot of this ties back to Kavanaugh. That was like a rough month, I think, yeah, for, the, was, for society. Um, so a lot of places, actually this started maybe even before that with the whole women's march. When Donald Trump came into office and since he's been there, there's been this narrative that he is attacking women's rights. And you know, now it's kind of women's health care as well. And when yeah. you press people who say that kind of thing, because I've asked like, what rights specifically is Donald Trump trying to take away from you? Um, they're really, t- they're talking about abortion. And whether you're pro-choice or pro-life, let's, I mean you know, whatever, that's its own discussion. But trying to paint abortion as a synonym for women's rights? Yeah. No. That's, I find that very disingenuous. Absolutely. And it's like with the Women's March, uh, it was pretty much essentially anti-Trump pro-choice march, which is a very different thing than just walking for women's rights. 
Yeah, no, there's a huge difference. I think that they're equating two things that are completely different, right? And it's talking the, the whole idea for for the abortion argument is that it's not about the women in, in the case of of right. the pro the pro life argument. So there's definitely a huge discrepancy there. And if you if all of women's rights are equated just to having abortion, then they force you to say something like women shouldn't have rights, right? It's another one of those things where they, they're they trying choice to paint you into, it in, in a right, way that, they, yeah. They're trying to force you to say something so outrageous, right? They're trying to equate those two terms, and it's a very kind of sinister thing to do, I think. Right, and now not only is it just war on women's rights in general, but now they're also saying specifically it's a war on women's health. I'm looking at an article, uh, Scientific American, it's time to end the war on women's health. And a lot of times with this, they may be talking about things like Medicaid and Medicare, which like most government programs are always looking for more funding. And again, that's a conversation to have. I don't yeah. think anyone, regardless of your side of the political spectrum, looks at the current US healthcare system and thinks, perfect, looking good, happy with it. Um, but even then, that's not really a women's issue. That's just an everybody issue. No, and I'm sure that they're not going to bring up something like the fat movement, right? Which is a legitimate right. kind of like woman's health issue, I guess. So. Exactly. That actually is a huge strain on the healthcare system. No pun intended. <laughs> but but also with this, um, abortion is not healthcare. I mean, that's like even if you're pro-choice, it is an elective medical procedure. But it's not health care. I mean, you know, it, our nose jobs health care. Like every medical mm. procedure is not necessarily health care unless you're talking about something like an ectopic pregnancy, uh, which are not viable uh, where the fetus implants somewhere other than the uterus. Uh, it's actually very dangerous for women. Um, you know, pro-life laws never exclude that kind of treatment. That actually would be health care in that case. Um, but your average elective abortion, which the vast majority of them are, it's it's not healthcare. Again, you can be pro-choice and su support a woman's right to get an abortion. It's still not healthcare, though. And I think it's it's really important to make that distinction because your your average run-of-the-mill pro-life person, it's not like they're saying uh, don't get Pap smears, don't get breast right. exams, or other things that actually are women's health initiatives. Um, it's just another way where they're trying to tilt the issue in a way that says, oh, Republicans, conservatives, you hate women and we love women, therefore give us abortion. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I think that they're also trying to, even if they see abortion as a means of contraception, which I think is like a pretty, pretty evil way of looking at that and stuff. And it's increasingly common. Uh, yeah, it is increasingly common. If they see, but if they see that as a contraceptive measure, there still has to be the argument that somehow contraception is part of you know, this healthcare as a general spectrum, which traditionally it really isn't. Like, you know, I live in Canada where we have a pretty big social welfare system, a pretty right. big Medicare system. And if you were to buy condoms, the government's not sponsoring you for them. Right. If you were to buy birth control pills, any pretty much any form of birth control, it's not covered by the yeah. government because, again, this is, this is an elective thing. For most people, there are certain cases where maybe you have a hormone thing. Doctor will say it'd be better for you to be on hormonal birth control, but by and large... Birth control, separate issue from just general healthcare. This brings us to number one, the biggest fake news story about the war on women this year, I think, and this was going around for like weeks and weeks, people ate it up, is that the US is among the top 10 most dangerous places for women. Did you hear about this? I just heard about it as we were getting ready for this episode, um, but I already knew it in my heart of hearts. 
that it was the most, of course, right? Because you've been to the U.S. You just see how the women are treated. Yeah, I know. Just beaten on the side of the road. Just it's great. Yeah, it is. It is a really nice place where there's no the No Violence on Women Act just opened it up for people. Yeah, exactly. So according to Market Watch in their article, why the U.S. is one of the most dangerous countries for women. Quote, America is the 10th most dangerous place for women to live, according to a recent Thomas Reuters Foundation survey, and ties with Syria as the third most dangerous place for women with regard to sexual violence. The U.S. is also the only Western country to make the top 10, which includes several Middle Eastern and North African countries. And apparently the way they got this information was that, quote, in the survey, which was conducted between March 26th and May 4th, 550 global experts on women's issues ranked the 193 United Nations member states based on rates of violence against women, poor economic resources, lack of access to health care, and the prevalence of harmful traditional gender roles. The last one's uh, the real important one. Right, here. the prevalence of harmful traditional gender. And yes. that's like that's what's interesting. They asked 550 global experts on women's issues. What What is that? Oh, that's, you, that's, that's anyone with a camera, essentially. You right, know? that's anyone with a gender studies degree yeah. and, a, and a feminist blog. So number one is India, then Afghanistan, Syria, Somalia, Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, Democratic Republic of the Congo, Yemen, Nigeria. These are like, you, you look at these and you're like, okay, I understand why you're on this list. Yeah, female then genital number... mutilation, like a whole bunch of really, really right. crappy stuff. And then on. number 10, United States. Mm-hmm. What's number 11? That's what I want to know. It's going to be something else. So you're like, oh, yeah. That right. You're, you're back into the, oh, this is actual violence against women. Um, so this is obviously was done very, very subjectively. And what's crazy about this is that people were actually believing it. And, um, you know, they, they talk about the reasons why the U.S. was included. And they, they mention actually a hashtag me too as one of the mm. reasons because it all affects the perception of, of violence or abuse toward women, which is why... I, I really hate the fact that it's, I don't know, it's blown that issue entirely out of proportion. Um, countries you don't see on that list, places like South Africa, the rape capital of the world. Yep. Egypt uh, is another really nasty one. Too. Exactly, Botswana. Yep. And, you know, yep. the U.S., I will say, is very high on that, on that list compared to other Western developed nations. Yeah. Still doesn't mean it's anywhere near a place like South Africa. It seems like there's a total agenda behind that one. Like, of course. There's no doubt about that. Uh, of course, like uh, South Africa isn't on here. Uh, Indonesia is, is another place that is not in the top 10. Women are getting lashed and caned under Sharia law in Indonesia. N- not on that list, not a word. There are also countries, I was just looking at this, where marital rape is still legal. There are actually a shocking amount of countries where it is still legal. We're talking about places like right. Libya, Morocco, uh, Oman, Palestine. Like, Well, Morocco's a real nice place too, isn't it? Oh, yeah, those two Swedish women uh, or Norwegian. Oh, they were just from different countries, I yeah. think. The one was Danish, I think, and the other one, uh, I forget what. But, I mean, that's a really good place to, to visit and try to hitchhike around, and I heard if you're if you're a couple of young women. Mm-hmm, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, slight chance of beheading, and I think rape, was it? I, I, don't, I don't know about that. But I uh, wouldn't be surprised. And it's just, this is clearly a political thing, and that's not to say that the U.S. is perfect, Definitely not. No country is perfect. I think we can all be striving to make the world a more safe place, make our neighborhoods more secure. But to put the U.S. on a list with places like Somalia, Afghanistan, India, it's just you're, you. I can't take you seriously because you, you're not a serious person. You're making stuff up. And what's also deliciously ironic about this is that countries that are lower than the U.S. on this list include places like Mexico, uh, like Cuba. 
uh, Nicaragua, things like that, where we traditionally get migrants in from. So it's like, if it's safer there for women than in the U.S. Maybe the U.S. is the shithole country. Right. Maybe maybe they should stay in their own country because it's safer there, clearly. Maybe maybe it's better over there for them. Uh, so that's it for our roundup of the top fake news stories about the war on women we've seen this year. We would love to know what other crazy things you guys have heard of in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook or wherever it may be. From everyone at the Uncensored and Blaze TV family, we hope you guys have a great New Year's and we'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>